Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Vinny schmoozes in luxury suites. From the left, dear, one serves from the left. Whatever's gotten into you, Campania? Amy, post up in the bleachers. You're all garbage! Yeah. The only place to catch Vinny and Haney together is on 1057 The Fan. Vinny and Haney, 1057 The Fan. Here on this Woman Crush Wednesday, you pick the songs at 410. 583-1057. Get back to all of that good stuff here momentarily. Got the whip around 11-15. Tons going on. World of Sports last night. So stay tuned for all of that as well. But the Orioles taking on the Twinkies today. A little roadie for them. And here to talk about yesterday's game and some of the standouts of it. The return eventually of Gunnar Henderson. How the rotation's going to play out. Etc. 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 From BaltimoreBaseball.com, he's on the WGK Law Guest Hotline. Let's welcome in Rich Dubroff. Rich, good morning. What is happening there, my friend? Well, good morning from beautiful Fort Myers, Bob and Vinny. Uh, it's, uh, it's, a be- it's a beautiful day, and uh, we have some uh, interesting players down here for the, ga- for the game today. All right, we'll start uh, a couple of guys from yesterday. We'll start with Grayson Rodriguez. Gave up the homer to McKinstry there. You know, that's you know things happen. You can't go uh, perfect throwing a baseball from, uh, you know, March through October. But working on that two-seam fastball, and, uh, you know, the velo was up. So give us an idea of Grayson Rodriguez trying to incorporate yet another thing into his repertoire here this year. Well, he's trying, you know, he, he's, try, he's trying, something, trying something new. And the home run, uh, the home run was really wind-aided. Um, it was a, a typical windy day in, uh, in in Sarasota, and during the regular season, that wasn't going to that wasn't going to be a home run. Uh, but he walked, you know, he walked two batters, and then uh, you know, get, then got out of the first. But uh, it was a decent, it was a decent first outing. Uh, not uh, not a great, not a great one for him. 
Now, Dylan Tate, however, given the fact that he hadn't thrown, well, he was trying to rehab stuff last year, didn't go well for him. But did we notice the velocity similar to what it was in 22? Uh, for those who don't remember, he was a top five pick uh, way back when by the Texas Rangers, has reinvented himself as a reliever. What was the velocity like for Dylan Tate yesterday in his clean inning against Detroit? Well, Actually, we were town talking to Grayson Rodriguez oh. while he was throw, you know, while while he was throwing. That's one of the one of the peeking behind the curtain. We get to talk to the uh, starting pitcher during the uh, during the game, and uh, that was when Tate was that was when Tate was throwing. But he had a clean a clean inning, so I didn't get to know this, the the velocity. But Brandon Hyde said it was the best he'd seen him look. So uh, he you know, and and Tate. Tate Tate seemed uh, satisfied, and Hyde seemed satisfied, so we'll see more. Chase McDermott, he went scoreless through an inning and two-thirds, one of the Orioles' top prospects here 2024. Give us a scouting report on him. Chances maybe to come out of Sarasota, maybe slim, but then again, could we see Chase McDermott throwing a baseball in anger for the Orioles this season at Camden Yards? Well, we certainly could, although it won't be March or, or, it won't be March or April, I don't think. Uh, you know, McDermott, uh, he nearly exhausted his pitch limit in the, fir- in, in the first thing that he threw. And then Brandon Hyde went and, uh, and got a reliever to get the third out. And because it's early in spring training, you're allowed to bring a pitcher back. So he came out for the uh, second, he came out for the second, uh, the second inning. And, uh, he, you know, he looked, you know, he looked decent there. Rich Dubrow, BaltimoreBaseball.com, joining us here. Vinny and Haney, 105.7 The Fan. Now Jackson Holiday, 0 for 2, 2 Ks to start the game yesterday. That made him 0 for 4 with uh, in 5 at-bats. And people were so frustrated, Rich, they were texting and saying, send him back to the, to the high school ranks, much less bring him north. Okay, we get all of it. We know he's going to hit because he's done it his whole life. Second base, how's that uh, looking for him? Does he seem semi-natural at that position so far? Yeah, he seems uh, he seems okay. I think, you know, I, I know fans don't want to hear this, but just let him play for a month. Correct. <laughs> you know, we have, uh, you know, opening day, opening day is a month from now. And while I think that he's going to come north with the team, if he, you know, if he's not, hit, you know, if he's not hitting, uh, we'll, uh, you know, maybe they'll, you know, they'll think again, but I think he's going to be just fine. He's 20 year, he's 20 years old. He's starting grapefruit league games for the first time. Last year, he basically just came in in the later, you know, came in the, in the later innings. He did well. Uh, and of course did brilliantly at playing at all four levels. So I think he's going to be just fine. And the Orioles aren't going to be freaking out. I mean, if he makes the team, he's going to go for he's going to go zero for five, and if he makes the team, you know he's going to have a time when he's going one for twelve because it happens to everybody, including the best players, and he's going to be a great player, but uh, he's not going to be a great player on February twenty eighth. All right, Rich Julio Tehran, who started breaking last night. Orioles bringing him in on a minor league deal if he makes the team. Two mil as a major leaguer, two-time all-star. We know the track record, very, very good pitcher for the Braves. Has had some struggles and injuries as well last few seasons here. Tehran's brought in to accomplish what here over the next month? I think, well, first of all, I don't know that he's going to have 
enough. You know, we don't. The signing hasn't even been announced yet. Sure. Yes, they have. A, yes, they have a deal. We don't know where he was. Where he was? Was he? You know, where where he was throwing? How much he was throwing? So he's not going to be able to pitch in games for. You know, let's say ten, let's say he comes in maybe ten days or so. Uh, and I don't think he's going to have enough innings to make the team, certainly as a starter, if they need him for starting depth, maybe as a, maybe as a long reliever, but he could certainly be an option if there's a, another injury to the starting rotation or to the bullpen. Uh, so I, I think he's, you know, he's insurance for them. And, you know, they, they don't know how long Braddish and uh, Means are going to be out. And again, if one of the five guys they have in the rotation gets hurt, well, you know, they want, uh, they, they want choices other than, you know, they, they have Bruce Zimmerman, who's certainly an option, and they have uh, Jonathan Heasley, who's going to pitch today, who certainly it could be an option too. So uh, the more options, the better for them. Hey, Rich, what about uh, a friend of the show, uh, Mike Bauman? You know, I mean, he's had two good outings so far. Yeah, he looks uh, he he looks real he looks really strong. You know, Vinny, he does not have uh an option remaining, which means the Orioles would have to put him through waivers uh uh if they wanted to send him to the minor leagues and he would undoubtedly be snapped up quickly. So I think the odds are very, very good he's gonna be starting the uh uh starting the season with the Orioles. Now, Rich, what about the the injury report? I saw Gunner, you know, in the batting cage and stuff. And what 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 are you hearing about the the pitchers and anybody else? Well, Gunner Henderson uh, could play. It's possible he he'll play this weekend, uh, maybe early next week, or maybe early next week. He's uh, he's getting close to a return. Connor Norby hasn't played uh, yet. Uh, he has a side injury. He could uh, he could play this weekend. He, he said he hopes to play um, this weekend. As for Bradish and Means, well, you know Bradish is basically soft tossing. Means is still well behind. Uh, those would be you know those would be the only two so far. Doesn't appear to be anything uh, any anything new or different than what we've heard before. Quads okay. Sorry, Kimbrel's quads okay. Yeah. He says it. He says he says it is. I think he was uh, he was supposed to throw either uh, yesterday or today. And I asked uh, Brandon Hyde last week, uh, the other day, uh, when when Kimbrel would uh, throw in a game, and he said sometime within a week. So uh, you know, we'll uh, we'll see. You know, closers don't take a lot of time to uh, you know to get ready. It's not like a starter. You don't need. You know, you don't need that many innings. If you remember, last year Felix Batista was very slow to start uh, in uh, in spring training, and he was uh, he was certainly fine to start the season. He got a very late late start, and he was he was just fine. Rich Dubroff, BaltimoreBaseball.com, live in Florida. Orioles taking on the Twins. Rematch of the 1969 and 1970 ALCS. Rich, we appreciate the time as always. When we talk to you next week, we're going to find out who the hell this Daniel Johnson guy is all of a sudden. <laughs> he's an outfield. He's an outfielder, Vinny. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> all of the above. Hey, did you get the vibe yet? Hey, it's Rich Dubroff. We'll talk to you next week. 
Okay, thank you, guys. <laughs> Rich Dubroff, BaltimoreBaseball.com. We'll come back, whip around. And then we got Doc Cordell Woodland talking about the Ravens. Ravens have needs, but if windows closed, are they still favorite? They're the third favorite right now from ESPN bet to win the Super Bowl next year behind Kansas City and San Francisco. So windows are wide open, and they're going to be climbing in it and hopefully accomplishing things. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Next year. Biddy and Hades with Brought to you by Box Hill Pizzeria and Crab Cakes, the best crab cakes in Hartford County. 1057 The Fan. Biddy and Hades 1057 The Fan here on this Woman Crush Wednesday. You pick the song's favorite female artist of band. We'll play it for you. Send your request. Plaza Ford Tax Line at 410 Let's start on the hardwood down the road. D.C. Wizards taking on Golden State. Golden State needs to start stacking. Wizards are stacking losses, if anything. And they were hanging for a while. But in the end, a former All-Star now coming off the bench was lighting it up in D.C. Here's Clay Thompson. How many times have we said it tonight, Drew? No dribbles needed. Monumental Sports on the call. Clay Thompson off the bench. 25 as Golden State comes from behind. Beats Washington 123-112. Kyle Kuzma. Had 27 and 12 for the Wizards, their 12th straight loss. That's an ouch burger right there. How about Atlanta? Minus Trey Young, 124 97 over Utah. Bruno Fernando, University of Maryland, eight points, three boards, and an assist in the win for the Hawks. It was Miami, 106 96 over Portland. Haywood Highsmith, Archbishop Curley, Baltimore, Maryland. He had two and two, Chuck Woolery style. And that one, it was Oklahoma City. Late night, beating Houston, 112-95. Cam Whitmore for the Rockets, uh, Baltimore, uh, Archbishop Spalding, Villanova, 9-1-1 and a steal. Aaron Wiggins, Maryland, he had six points, two boards in that one. And then Nolan, our boy, your boy, Shea Gilgis Alexander. How about 31 more, eight boards, three assists. If he's not in the MVP conversation, they shouldn't even have the award handed out for sure, college hoops last night in the Big Ten. It was Indiana beating Wisconsin 74-70. People want Mike Woodson Gonzo in Bloomington, but they get a win. They're still really chasing in a big way. And then Iowa beat Penn State 90-81. to So Maryland right now going into tonight's games, a half game behind Penn State for the ninth seed in the Big Ten tournament. 
seven and ten. Penn State now eight and ten. There was an upset in the top twenty-five as BYU won at Lawrence beat Kansas number seven in the land, seventy-six to sixty-eight on the ice last night. Capitals taking on Detroit. Caps trying to make a late season run to the playoffs. Well, let's just say they hit a bump in the road. Well, Michael Scarbosa would have been in the clear. Here's Raymond. Slither the one through to Gossesbury. Scores! He's got two! Four to one! He was a draft pick of Philly. He's an offensive defenseman is what he is. He's not a very good defensive defenseman, but he's a power play guy, and he had two goals. The, the Caps' defense sucked last night. I mean, they had played – that was their back-to-back. Detroit was off the day before. Caps played four games in the last six days, and, and every game that they're playing is a playoff game, basically. So the pressure's on all the time. They got a lot of guys out. Ovi's been – the last two games, Ovi's a minus six. Strom's a minus seven. You know, those are his line mates, and Mantha was a minus three. So not a good not a good defensive performance. Now, and I told you this off air, Bob, that if they lose to Philly on Friday night, they play, I, I think it's at Philly. No, they host them. Host them. All right, if they, if they lose to Philly, they're done. Because, I mean, the Caps sit at 63 points. They lose to Philly, Philly be at 71. You know, Jersey jumped over the Caps. Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh's won three in a row. They're a point behind. You know, so there's no way that they're going to be in that mix if they if they lose that game. And the trade deadline's March 8th, which is what, next? Next Friday. Next Friday. So um, I, I would anticipate the Caps dumping a lot of dudes if uh, they lose. I mean, and this is, this is the biggest game that they're going to play all season long. Flyers 31-22-7 on the year, as Vinny said, Friday night puck drop uh, down in D.C. Terps play tonight, college basketball. We'll talk more about this with Walt Williams, 130. Taking on Northwestern, Terps 15-13 and 13 on the year, 7-10, and 10, as we said. In the league, uh, Northwestern 19-8, and 10-6, coming off a win against Michigan. It is the whip around, Vinny and Haiti, 105-7, the fan. Here on this February 28th, this day in Maryland hoops history. Relatively slow day in sports history in totality, unless you want to talk about guys making free throw consecutive streaks and such. But 1976, Cole Fieldhouse, 10th ranked Maryland, beat Virginia 81-73. Mo Howard had 24 points. Steve Shepard, 19 for the Terps. These two teams would uh, re-meet, if you want to call it that. In the ACC tournament at the Cap Center. Didn't go as well. We'll get into all of that in a couple of weeks here. 1980. Greensboro, North Carolina. First round of the ACC tournament. Seventh ranked Maryland. Beat Georgia Tech. 51-49. Maryland number one seat. I was freshman in high school. Calvert Hall. And I got off at uh, 1130. And I, li- I lived in on Baltimore Street. So I had to leave Calvert Hall which was, what, Lock, Raven, and Taylor. I had to walk to uh, catch the three right there by the old Bob's Big Boy, take the three all the way down to Baltimore Street, get on the 20, which dropped me off right in front of my house. And I got home right before halftime. Maryland was, like, going to destroy that. They didn't. They won. That's all that matters. Albert King. So I watched the games, basically, what I'm saying. Again, I don't lie. Albert King, jump shot, three seconds left in overtime. Salvages, which would have been a colossal upset, 
16.7 boards there. Buck Williams, 18 and 10. Maryland, we get Clemson in the semifinals, which we'll talk about tomorrow. 1998 at the, uh, what was it called, that Baltimore Arena. I was there for this game, Vinny. Maryland beats number 24, Temple, 83-66. LaRoff Profit at 21. Our friend Rodney Elliott from Baltimore in front of his home fans. As a senior, no less, 20.17 boards. Runes, yes, and Cavishes, he pumped in 19. And then 2007. Nolan, do you remember to rem- uh, old enough to remember 2007 stuff? I was alive. I mean, I was alive in 1966. Right. I'm not going to tell you about what happened in Game 2 of the 66 World Series in real time. But Maryland, number 24. They go to number 14, Duke, and win 85-77. Mike Jones, remember him? Pumps in 25. DJ Strawberry and Kenny Beckway had 17 each. And then freshman Gravis Vasquez, one of the great players in the history of the program, on this day down in front of a whining Mike. And he was whining this day. 13 points, 9 boards, 12 assists for Gravis Vasquez as Maryland beat Duke 17 years ago today. It's Vinny at Haiti, 105.7. The fan will come back. Cordell Woodland's going to be joining us, talk Ravens with him. Then we got a fun house trip, Nolan McGraw. We'll come back. News from the Nest style at 12 as we hear more from John Harbaugh and Eric DaCosta as they met with the media yesterday. Check back three, four, five times a day for the latest breaking sports news. 1057 The Fan. Did he hit Haiti 1057 The Fan? Woman Crush Wednesday. Rainy one at that. Warm out. Glass half full, right? Midweek, Bob Haiti, Vinny Serrato, Nolan McGraw. Fun house with him. News from the nest. Top of the hour. Going to hear from John Harbaugh, Eric DaCosta again as they met with the media yesterday. Count that midweek money at 12.15 by yourself. And then Scott Petrack from brownzone.com. Talk about them, the Cleveland Browns, that is, playoff team this past season as we roll through the AFC North. But joining us now to talk some Ravens, shaking it up sports. He's our colleague here on 105.7 The Fan. He's on the WGK Law Guest Hotline. Cordell Woodland. Cordell, what's happening? What's up, fellas? All right, J.K. Dobbins and, you know, John Harbaugh, I don't want to say it was a flippant flippant, uh, comment. Hey, we'd love to have Gus back. J.K.'s floating around. I was trying to read between lines there. Talking about J.K. Dobbins. Running back room is barren. I think J.K. Dobbins, and it's a big if he stays healthy, is a very capable, if not better than average, back. Why does it seem as though, and he's a free agent, his time at Baltimore has come to an end? Is this kind of a mutual parting of the ways? I mean, is J.K. a guy that says, it's been nothing but bad for me here. I need to get get the hell out of Dodge. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me. And I, and I couldn't be upset at him if that's how he felt because that is the way it's gone. You know, J.K. has uh, been pretty vocal about that preseason game against Washington, you know, where he gets the devastating injury that cost him a year and some change. And uh, it's just been injury after injury. And if it's not an injury, it's opportunities. If it's not opportunities, it's it's actual carries. You know, it, you know, initially his rookie year, he's, he's playing behind um, uh, uh, Mark Ingram, who had just come off a Pro Bowl year the year before. And it took a while before they actually gave Dobbins the reins. And, I just felt like even in games where Dobbins was healthy, he never got the workload that he truly wanted. I think both sides probably need a change of scenery. But if I, I could see the Ravens 
um, if it would be a bargain for them bringing J.K. back. But even still, I, I, I still would believe they would need more in the running back room because, you know, he's showing you at least health-wise you, you can't depend on him. They're going to sign a free agent running back. That's because when I hear Eric talk about the the draft is not deep at running back, that kind of kind of you know tell where he says offensive line is really deep at the draft. So you know that they're going old line in the draft and a running back. It's not deep. I'm guessing that they're going to sign a free agent. Yeah, I would imagine so. Um, and I don't know who that's going to be. I know everybody is kind of mentioning some of the bigger names like Saquon and. Uh, Derrick Henry and even Josh Jacobs are part of that as well. And I think any of those guys would be great in Baltimore. Me and Bob want Swift. What do you think of Swift? I, I, that's one of the ones. I, Everybody so named Swift, Cordell. Taylor, <laughs> right. DeAndre, <laughs> Billy right. Swift. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. Uh, I mean, but I've, I've been a big proponent of DeAndre Swift myself on my show. He and Zach Moss have been the two guys that I've been talking the most about. They're cost efficient, and you'll be able to get – uh, more bang for your buck. DeAndre Swift just had a Pro Bowl season with the Eagles. He just came out of a similar type of offense where they run a lot of read options, RPOs, and stuff like that. Zach Moss, this is a dude that was one of the league leaders in rushing uh, even before Jonathan. he took over while Jonathan Taylor was out. But even once Jonathan Taylor came back, Zach Moss showed that he could still be efficient with his limited opportunity. So I like both of those guys, but I also don't think that some of the bigger name guys are going to break the market. Nope. Um, I don't think the Ravens are going to look to spend ten million plus on a running back. But if they could get a Derrick Henry or Josh Jacobs or one of those guys for ten million dollars, I could see them doing that. So I, I do think it's a, a position they can no longer kind of uh, neglect a little bit the way that some of the rest of the league has. Now, Cordell, we've heard Harbs talk twice since the season ended, and he goes overboard about Rashad Bateman being the yeah. starter and going to make plays. So who's he sending the message to? I'm, I'm assuming just to everybody. I think I think it was clear once at the end of the season because he also talked about how he met with Munkin and Lamar a couple of days after the uh, game against the Chiefs. And I think it was clear that when they went back and rewatched the film of the season, mm-hmm. they saw a lot of opportunities left on the field. Uh, all over the offense, but specifically in this case for Rashad Bateman. And, you know, he and Lamar just weren't on the same page at all this year, and I think that's for a variety of reasons. So it'll be imperative on those two guys to really get together this offseason. And, look, it's kind of do-or-die time for Rashad Bateman in Baltimore at this point. I mean, John continues to speak optimistic about him, but he always has. And I think none of us can question the talent that Rashad Bateman possesses. It's can it turn into production on the field? And it, it's going to have to be uh, this year coming up. Now, another guy that Eric was defending yesterday was Oway, you know, saying, well, we don't count sacks. We count, mm-hmm. you know, we count hurries and pressures and all this stuff, you know, but you get paid for sacks. And if he only has four or five sacks, they're not putting that fifth-year option. Oh, we're going to put the fifth-year option on him because – because he has a lot of pressures. Ain't no way in hell they're doing that. And the guy had has 13 sacks in three years, Bob. And he had basically over the last four years, he's got 13 sacks over four years. Um, so I, I I just think he's a five-sack guy. I'm, I was hoping for eight or above this past year, and it ain't going to happen, I don't think. 
Yeah, and, and look, I, I think kind of just like you're accepting, you know, who he is, I think they are now as well. Now, you could say that they probably should have accepted that when they drafted him out of college and he had no sacks his last year. Um, that probably should have kind of told you who he is. But I think they have definitely changed their tone on Owe over the last couple of years in terms of what they're looking for out of him. They have kind of backed off on some of the pass rush stuff. Outside of Chuck Smith, when he's asked about Owe as a pass rusher, not too many of the other coaches talk a lot about him as a pass rusher. Now, they'll mention how he sets the edge. They'll mention, you know, some of his pressure things, like you mentioned uh, mm-hmm. uh, Eric DaCosta brought up but they don't really talk about sacks and him in the same breath. So, I mean, we'll see. The, the proof will be in the pudding uh, when it comes time to decide are they going to pick up his fifth-year option or even beyond that, are they going to keep him here in Baltimore long-term. But I think when you see with some of these veteran guys that they've been able to sign off the streets, have been able to come in and do and pretty much right away, it does have to make you say that, all right, pressure from OA is great, but – we would like to see him finish a couple of plays now and then. Yeah, because it, it, just think if, if Clowney, you know, the pressures and stuff and the tackles he missed, he could have led the league in sacks, Cordell. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, and look, who was the biggest beneficiary off of that? I think Justin Matabike ended yep, up. No doubt. Doing... So, I mean, maybe that's the kind of thing that they're looking at, the marriage between the two. Yeah, Owe may not be getting the numbers, but if it turns into a sack or two, Somebody else, it's the same. It, turn, it still is a sack or two for the Baltimore Ravens. Maybe that's the way that they're looking at it. All right, Cordell, in the draft, O line, uh, corner, or trade back? In the first round? Yep. Well, I, I think they'll, I, honestly, I think they're still going to go to their philosophy of best available. And if I, one of those two positions, great. But I could see them still, if they're, Best available to them at the time is a wide receiver. I wouldn't be shocked. I, I really wouldn't be shocked if it's if it's wide receiver. If it's an edge guy, I, I I don't I don't I'm not taking trading back out of the equation because when you're picking that late in the round, you know that's kind of that territory. But I really wouldn't be surprised that if they're not blown away by any trade offers, they feel they will be perfectly fine using that pick because they're on a little bit of a hot streak these last couple of years with their first-round picks anyway. So if they could pick up another one, continue to get great value with that pick, I, I definitely think they'll do it. Cordell Woodland, what's happening on the next Shaking It Up Sports here? Yeah, we'll uh, continue to look at what's going on in the offseason. Maybe we'll get some news on Justin Matabike. By the time I'm on, I'm back on on Friday. Probably not. Looks like that's headed towards a franchise tag situation. And, of course, we'll – continue to keep track on what the uh, Orioles are doing down in Sarasota. Good start to the Grapefruit League. Guys getting back healthier here and there. We're starting to see Gunner working his way back. So hopefully we'll have some more to talk about by Friday. And I was reading that the Brewers are smooching D.L. Hall's rear end like a champ because of that 100-mile-an-hour fastball he's got. Cordell, appreciate it as always. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks, guys. All right, Cordell. Cordell Woodland, everybody. It's Vinny at Haiti, 105.7 The Fan. We'll come back. Got the Funhouse, Nolan McGraw. News from the Nest coming up top of the hour. Buy or sell. Where's our midweek money? And then Scott Petrack. Let's talk about them Browns. Joe Flacco, the era has came and went. Now it's all about getting Deshaun Watson back on the field. Vinny and Haiti on your home for sports. 105.7 The Fan. 
Vinny and Haiti, 105.7 The Fan. Woman Crush Wednesday. This is uh, La Free from Sheik. This is 1979. I remember this dude. Yeah, we're that old here in the show, except for Nolan. He barely remembers uh, Graves Vasquez, but he was alive during that time. <laughs> Got news from the Nats coming up top of the hour. NFL lunch, and Nolan pointed this out to us during the break, that the NFLPA, man, they're dropping dimes. Yeah. Dropping a hammer. Grading teams on treatment of families, food, nutrition, the head coach, the owner, et cetera, et cetera. A lot of these teams, just like treatment of families, because we don't have time to get in all of it. A lot of these grades look like my 10th grade geometry grade. Mm. And it ain't an A. It's the exact opposite of that. Mine and yours were about the same. Uh, the only shape I paid attention to was the teachers. I was staring at her butt the whole time. <laughs> I didn't know anything else. That's just me. But we're getting all of this and what this means about organizations. For instance, last year, the Ravens got napalmed with the training staff and all of that. Strength coach. Yep. Yeah, they have made uh, leaps and bounds. So we'll get into all of that and more. If you want to join us, you can at 410-583-1057. Scott Petrack. Brownzone.com. Deshaun Watson expected to start throwing again in March. I mean, is that is that good enough to be ready for September? So stay tuned. We'll talk about the Terps of Northwestern tonight with Walt Williams. Around 1.30, Orioles taking on the Twins. We'll give you a score update. I'll give you the lineup again here in the 1 o'clock hour. But let's bring Nolan into the program. Nolan, what is happening here? Doing good here. Uh, again, don't want to spoil too much with the report card here, but the big story last year with the Ravens was the strength coach right. earning an F minus infamously. Didn't even know an F minus was a thing. Correct. Well, this year, quite the turnaround. Strength coach gets a uh, a B. So I, the replacement, the replacement like, yep. guy says ninety uh, percent of players feel like they get individualized plans, so workout plans. I guess uh, the players feel that the strength coaches moderately contribute to their success. Players are happy with the change in strength coach and feel uh, they have a better working relationship and can be more productive. Well, the other guy was the one who had the COVID issues and everything. Saunders. Yeah, Saunders. Yeah, he was not well-liked at all. So we'll be breaking down some grades, not our grades. This is from the players themselves talking about the organizations that they play for. So stay tuned for that. NFL lunch style, but Nolan, you ready to get to that fun house of yours? Whoa, I guess not. Wrong one. Come on, man. Improvise and adapt and overcome. You just play it off like it never happened. Mel Kuyper's got a new draft. We'll talk about that and all that. Fun house. Quick draws. Fun house. Ravens taking a corner. The rudeness, tuneness text reader. This side of the Chesapeake. I like that quick draw. 1057 The Fan. I'll get an F minus for that one. But uh, this one here, Texter says. Get a G. Are we sure Lamar Jackson is a truly a franchise quarterback? That's right. We're starting strong here. Says it seems as though when he gets in these big games, he tries to do way too much, gets in his head. Sure, Munkin didn't help him out with the play calling, but wasn't Lamar in charge or handed the keys to his own offense? I I think Lamar got a little flustered in that game, but the three seasons, the three of the five seasons, he's been in the MVP hunt, and he won it twice. And uh, last year, he was in the MVP hunt 
until he got hurt. Another one here from Chris says, it may be cliche, but as long as you have a quarterback, your window is open. So the Ravens will have a lot of growing pains with new personnel, but they seem to play better without expectations. They're probably better off entering the postseason as the team nobody wants to face rather than the one seed. They're going to have high expectations. Yeah, I mean, look at what came out of Vegas already. As soon as the Super Bowl ended, they're the third favorite. They're going to be probably the favorites to win a division. Um, that's the expectations, you know, because they have Lamar and because some of the other people they have. People don't care about the ones they lose. And, you know, it'd be interesting because Eric and them, they probably feel much better than we do because they know what their game plan is, what they're trying to do. We don't. All we said is, is you know, we look, oh, four linemen they need. Pass rushers, what are they going to do? Corner, what are they going to do? Running back, what are they going to do? But they have a game plan, uh, you know, of what they want to do, so they feel much better about their plan than we do. And one more here. Texter says, in a hypothetical situation where the Ravens get a deal done, long-term deal, with Justin Matabike, uh, they don't have to use the franchise tag on him. Is there anyone else, any other free agents you think they would tag? No. On the Ravens, absolutely not. There's nobody worth it. It right. wouldn't be cost effective. No, for them absolutely to do so not. Right yeah. now. Because if if they tag somebody else, to, you know how fast that dude would run there and sign it. It's been eight eighty one zero five seven. The fan. You want to join us? News from the Nats. Get in here. Four tap five eight three one zero five seven. We'll count money together. Hopefully at twelve fifteen. Buy or sell. Scott Petrack returns to the program. Brownzone.com at twelve thirty. As we've been bouncing around the AFC North this week. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 